Hey there, this is a Shortlist podcast on iTunes, Omni or whatever platform you listen to your potties on. We usually hang out with you from 4pm every Sunday on Sin 90.7. However, we're taking all our bits and pieces and popping them online for your convenience. We are Gloria and Ro, and we're here to introduce you to all your new favourite artists. Hell yeah, we are. We're digging into the inspirations, motivations and stories behind the bands on the way up. So come along for the ride. It's great to have you here. This is The Shortlist with Gloria and Ro, introducing you to your new favourite band. I'm Ellen. And I'm Hayley. I'm Charlie. I'm Hayden. And And we're we're Moaning Lisa. How did Moaning Lisa come together and what's the journey been like so far? Moaning Lisa was a pretty like staggered entry sort of deal. I mean, it started out with Ellen and our original drummer Andy kind of contacting me, Charlie, who was doing solo stuff and having a jam and then me feeling like, I needed another singer slash, you know, partner up front with me. And so then we got Haley in and now Hayden's kind of jumped on board since Andy, our original drummer, like moved down to Melbourne. So we've all kind of entered quite separately, but yeah. After I came into the band, maybe a few weeks after the other guys started jamming together, um, it was like two weeks before our first gig. So we were like, go, go, go. We need a set list. We need to get this down. And I was new. And um, we even recorded our first demo during that time as well. So it was a very sort of disciplined time, which I think really helped set us up for the rest of our journey so far, because we've always had a professional relationship as well as a really friendly relationship as a band. Yeah, like all of us know each other through music. Like I didn't know Ellen or Andy or Hayden before the band and Hayley I knew from studying music at university and we were in the same class together, a songwriting class. So I think that really helps us be disciplined and professional from the get-go because we that's how we came together. And I think, yeah, what Hayley was saying was really cool that we played our first show within like two weeks of being a proper four-piece band And so that kind of like forced us to write the songs and get them finished and yeah, just get straight into playing shows and straight into recording stuff. We played our first ever show. I remember this because it was Hayley's birthday, April 18th, 2016. And it was two weeks before that. I think Hayley came to her first rehearsal with us and Andy, our drummer, who also entered us into the band competition, the National Campus Band Competition as well, because he would love to just go and make these really big, amazing decisions without us and we'd all hate him at first and then love him afterwards for it <laughs> so he just came into rehearsal one day and was like hey just so you know I've booked us a show in two weeks so let's um get our shit together guys so you are a band based in Canberra how do you feel like that shaped you it's been a really good time like we've we've gotten a lot of support here and we have a, a, a small community but a very loving community and yeah grateful every day for where we are I mean Canberra is really interesting because like Hayley said it's a small community we don't have many venues and we don't have a massive population but I feel like the kind of people like artists per capita is so high in Canberra like there's not many people but most of us are artists and most of us um, go out all the time and Mm. hang out with each other and support each other and so I think that's like a really defining characteristic about the Canberra community and I find when we play like interstate shows yes I think a massive part of it is that no one really knows who we are um but I think another thing is in Canberra everyone's just so grateful for every little bit of 
decent music that we get here. I don't know. And so everyone gets really excited, really enthusiastic at shows and it's just so much love and everyone expresses themselves a mm. lot more freely than I find in other bigger cities. I don't know. Yeah, we couldn't have started out in a better city. No, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it would have been all the more daunting starting out in a big like a larger metropolitan yeah. art, arty city like Melbourne or yeah, Sydney. Totally. Or... Yeah. I, like initially when I came to Canberra, like I thought <laughs> there was nothing going on, but like I think the small music scene that we have, it's actually very vibrant and there's actually a lot going on with, mm. with very few fen- venues and things like that. But, you know, they're really, really good. Yeah. All the venues tend to be very supportive of local acts as well, which I think is super important. And yeah, you, you're spoilt for choice on decent bands to go and see in Canberra, which I really love. You unapologetically write music about gender roles, femininity and queerness. Why is it important to you to tackle such topics? I think because when we write songs, we're writing songs about ourselves at the end of the day. Like it's, you can try and write songs for other people, but that doesn't usually work out for you. You have to write what you know and what represents who you are. And we are queer activist women. And hey, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's our token straight white guy. Um, <laughs> he is very feministy, he's so that's ally. fine then. Yeah, um, I was never involved in any kind of activism before the band. Like it was just sort of, and we spoke about this recently about how because we're women in music, it's we've almost we've had no choice but to be involved in that conversation. Exactly, exactly. Don't regret it, obviously, but. <laughs> No, yeah, definitely as women and as queer women as well and just loud women and uh, especially playing something like alternative rock music like we do, um, you're kind of forced to be advocates and be active in the political sphere of things and like the social sphere of things because we've been forced into that position because of the nature of how society is and how it views women in the music industry and stuff. But yeah, no regrets at all. Like I love it and we all kind of jump onto it and have received mostly supportive. The way we represent ourselves is also very conscious for us as well, like how yes. we dress on stage, which a lot of dude bands might not think about that. I'm not sure. But um, oh, yeah, that's actually such a good I, point. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way that we, we consider every part of how we represent ourselves online and live yeah. And because we don't really separate ourselves as, ind- as individuals from the band as a whole, like the band is us. So I think us being vocal and talking about these things like gender issues and queerness and things like that, it's just representing us because we are the band and there's no real difference between us as people and the band. Yeah. So it kind of, um, that kind of feeds directly into my next question. We're all women in music and I feel like we've all faced backlash or brick walls at some point. How do you get through it? Well, I mean, it really helps that I'm in a band with two other women as well. Like I feel like it might be a very different experience if it was just me and in a band full of dudes. I think it really helps having them. Thanks guys. That's all right. Power in numbers. Power in numbers. That's it. Um, I think the other thing is to not take a lot of things to heart because as much as these things are very personal and very emotional at the center of it, uh, it's good to get, have perspective about it and realize that you're just a little speck and try not to apologize too much because Mm. I don't think apologizing is ever all that constructive. I'm Hayley from Moaning Lisa, and this is the second track on our EP. It's called Song One.
talk a little bit about your live shows, uh, kind of still on the topic of women in music. Um, In your shows, you strive to create a safe space, especially for women. Can you tell us a little bit about the finger sign of distress that you introduced? Yeah, so this is mostly Hayley and I. um, Mm. After a show a while ago where this big group of gross drunk dudes came in and were really aggressive and violent and just intruding other people's space and just ruining the night for a lot of people. Um, we were really frustrated about it, but it was one of Haley's friends actually came to her the next day and said, oh, I'm really sorry I couldn't stay for your set. I was feeling so unsafe around those men. So me and my friends left and they're all women. And that just really tipped it over the edge for Haley and I, because it's like, who are we playing for if we're not playing for these people? Because they are us kind of thing. And it just got us so angry and I'm so sick of bystander effect and keeping quiet and trying to be polite and diplomatic in situations like this. And I think that tipped us over the edge and we thought we needed to do something and we didn't know what we could do, but we knew that it needed to be something bigger than just like a copy paste Facebook status thing. So we made this video just chatting pretty much like it was just in Haley's backyard, like on my phone. And we just kind of were speaking from the heart and tried to make it as conclusive but also as accessible as possible yeah it was charlie's idea to come up with the three finger signal as well because it it was something that if you were in one of those situations in the crowd you wouldn't accidentally make that signal yeah and because of the the nature of the shows that we play (laughs) at the moment are rather small and we can see everyone we can see what's happening um the plan was that we would if, if we saw anyone making that signal that we would be able to step in and do something because the bystander effect is real and it does happen. Yeah, so we wanted something that was safe, discreet and easy to use. But we haven't seen anyone use it. No. It would be good to reiterate that and jog everyone's memory. Jog everyone's memory about it and that it's still 100% a thing because it is very hard to seek out help, especially if you find yourself in the situation because especially as women or non-binary people, you're quite often forced to feel like you're overreacting or that your experience is 
invalid and not as serious as you think it is. And so to have something quite subtle and little and um, easy to do that can just prompt other people around you to help you out or try and fix the situation so you can take that pressure off of yourself, I think is really important. So I'd love to talk about the uh, your new EP, The Sweetest, which dropped just a, exactly a month ago now. We mentioned this earlier, Andy, who entered us into this national campus band competition. Um, we, we did a heat in Canberra for that. Um, so when it up against all the local Canberra acts and then after that, we won that and then went to Melbourne for the final. So that yeah. was that was really fun because that was our first time traveling out of state together and yeah, our first time doing anything like that. Yeah, and so the prize was a three-day studio like recording package with Ginger Studios with Jimmy Lloyd Wyatt um, and a cash prize. And so we used the three days, we kind of had a lot of songs. We had a, a fair few songs that we thought were finished and ready to record. And it was actually quite difficult to organize which ones we wanted to put together because a lot of them are very different to one another. And I really wanted to find, like, I, I really love EPs or kind of um, LPs or whatever you want to call it that have some sort of common thread or some sort of narrative to them. Uh, so the reason why we chose those four songs was really more to do with their common thread to one another and how I think they were versatile enough from each other, but also similar enough to each other to fit really well together. Yeah. So we chose to record those four tracks over the three days and then we got Jimmy to mix it as well. So that was really good because he was there through the entire process. And I think he really, really got what we were going for. And it was just an amazing first ever studio experience with a professional. And I feel like it's gone really well because people seem to be liking it so far, I think. Mm. And we went into it very prepared as well, knowing that we only had that time. Yeah. Otherwise we'd have to book time and actually pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. We were very much exactly. like, we're all, uni, we're all uni students at the time and very aware of having three days and not really wanting to have to push it anymore. Yeah. But I remember a couple of dudes, like industry dudes saying, oh, you, you could do like a six track EP or something, or you could do heaps more than that. Like, why are you sure only that... doing three? Why are you only doing four? And yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure someone said you could record nine songs in that time. Nine songs or something. Like, just just me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really glad we stuck to our guns and yeah. just really finessed those four songs because I'm mm -hmm. so happy with them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, I feel like it really represents us as a band really well. So you note people such as Wolf Alice, Sleater Kinney, Courtney Barnett, Bully, Best Coast, Summer Flake. Can't help but notice there's a common thread here. Honestly, like 99.9% .9 of my favourite bands have women in them and it's been not on purpose at all. I feel like there must be some sort of thread. Like I think women just make really good music because they're all so different as well. All those bands that you just mentioned, I'm like, yeah, they're all chicks, but like that's about the only thing mm -hmm. common about them all. I, I, I honest to God, because I thought about this a lot actually when I look at all my favorite bands or bands that I cite a lot as influences on me. And I honestly have no like justification for it. It's just how it's <laughs> happened. And I think that's great though. I think it's great that I don't even think about gender, but it happens to be that way. Like the whole band started out on an influence. It was Wolf Alice yeah. um, and Ellen, you can talk a bit about that because you, that's how you approach Charlie in the first place. Oh, Wolf Alice. Um, well, pretty much I posted a video of me playing a very shitty acoustic cover of Moaning Lisa Smile by Wolf Alice. That's and why that's I called that because it was really shit. 
Yes, yeah, so, like, this is bad. This I feel so like we shit. should write our own song so you can stop doing more phallus <laughs> That's pretty much how it happened. And so that's how we got the name Moaning Lisa as well because mm. Moaning Lisa's smile was the yeah. song that got us all together and we just kind of cut off the smile. Yeah. Yeah, smiling's not necessary. We don't smile. No, we don't. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge of being an independent band? Knowing where to find the guidance, maybe. Mm, I think that's a but we've, direction. We've been, yeah. we've been approached by enough people who know what they're doing mm. that we feed off of that professionalism. Totally. We've been really lucky in the sense that we're approached a lot. Like, we don't actually have to put ourselves out there too much. I feel like we've put ourselves out there as much as we can and... In turn, we get the right sort of people coming to us and actually giving us opportunities and helping us out and things. But definitely, I think sense of direction and a very like confident, um, secure sense of direction, I think is probably the hardest thing for me um, with the band moving forward, mm. being like independent. Yeah. Um, well, particularly when we like didn't really have much experience coming in, like prior to this, kind of like coming together as a band. Just like the experience of the full immersive experience of being in a band where you're like yeah we really want to go get somewhere with this mm. and um, um but yeah we've been fortunate enough where like people have been approaching us and giving us a lot of guidance and help here and there and I think that's been <laughs> that yeah that's a telltale so I know if you know how supportive our you know the local mm. community is like we were saying before mm. so yeah I think we're very much keen to go as far as we possibly can like we definitely have a lot of plans like long-term plans in terms of taking things further and traveling a lot and doing bigger projects and getting onto bigger lineups and you know um just building ourselves up as much as we can and I feel like if the past year is any indicator of our growth as a band, I'm super excited for it because it's just going to be full steam ahead from here. Mm. I think that's really exciting, especially as an independent band that is self-managed yeah. 110%. Yeah. And, yeah. and with the vigilant leadership of Charlie. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's so good to have someone in the band that really knows mm. what they want. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when 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 you all agree with me. <laughs> yeah, but like also we've we've learned over time, you know, um how to sort of like self-manage ourselves, mm-hmm. like the band together and like splitting roles and things like that. And I think um that's one of the good things about being an independent band is where we're able to sort of keep progressing and learning new skills. Yeah. Where totally. we're not just like relying on someone else to just completely manage for us or something like that. And you know, being able to just have our own opinions and voices. I've learned so much more from the band than I have from university. Yeah, and, absolutely. Because like, it's like really yeah. just like hands-on experience and yeah. being yep. able to apply things that maybe we may or may not know and then or like actively going out to seek it. I think helped us be more confident on stage and in songwriting as well, like having all these other aspects of the um, experience of being in a band uh, be controlled by us, I think really helps our confidence levels and skill level on stage and in songwriting, which is like the heart of a band is the music you make. So I think managing like shows and publicity and, you know, finances and stuff like that on top of it just enhances the strength of yourselves as a band on stage and in writing music as well. So I think that really helps as well. Because mm. I suppose the thing is, is that no one's just a musician. 
these no. days. You know, you got to be your own booking agent, yeah. and you got to be like a graphic designer and a website designer, <laughs> yeah. and like you got to be able to record your own music, and you yeah. got to be able to do everything. This is Ellen from Moaning Lisa. This is the first song of our EP, The Sweetest. It's called Shoein. Tell yourself that you're fine and doing well 